0: Hey what's up guys, welcome back to For the Love of the Game podcast, this is episode 2 and I am your host DC. Okay, so today's episode is going to be a preview of Super Bowl 54 which is on Monday, well Monday in Australia, but it is on Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday if you are in the Northern Hemisphere of the world. Okay, so what I'm gonna do here guys is I'm gonna break down each team, give a bit of a backstory on each team um, and their road to the Super Bowl. Just for those who do not know, this year's Super Bowl will be played between the San Francisco 49ers who represent the NFC and the Kansas City Chiefs who represent the AFC. So I'm gonna give you a bit of backstory on each team how they came to get to this point and a bit of a preview of the game itself. And then I'll give you my prediction of the winner and a uh, an MVP pick as well. All right, so let's get back to it. So I'm gonna start with the San Francisco 49ers, guys. So here's a bit of a backstory on the Niners. The Niners have the second, sorry, the third highest uh, Super Bowl Winning percentage in uh, NFL history, they have five Super Bowl wins. Now, the last time the 49ers went to the Super Bowl was 2012 against the Baltimore Ravens, and that is the only time that they have been to the Super Bowl and not won. Uh, Prior to that, the Niners have been to the Super Bowl and won every time. So they dominated during the mid-'80s and the early-'90s, and then that's when the Cowboys started to take over. And, yeah, you can go back and check the NFL history on that one. So uh, the number one and number two spot, they're technically tied. So the uh, Niners technically are in the second spot for Super Bowl wins. First place is a two-way tie between the New England Patriots and the Pittsburgh Steelers, who both franchises have won six rings each. So if the Niners win this game, they will go into a three-way tie between, with the Pats and the Steelers. Okay, so let's get into how the Niners got to the Super Bowl. So the 49ers have shown a tremendous amount of grit and turnaround um, this year because the year prior, they did not have a great year. Their starting quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, went out very early in the season with a torn ACL, took him out for the entire year. They had to rely on their backups. Their defense was terrible, and they just had an awful year. But in hindsight, it actually worked out really well for them because that granted them a very high draft pick in this year's and uh, this previous year's NFL draft, and they picked up Nick Bosa, the brother of Joey Bosa, who is an incredible monster on the defensive line. So with that, and also a bit of a change in, um, a bit of a change in the offensive scheming, a uh, bit, of, bit, bit of bolstering at the running back position by adding Tevin Coleman in the free agency. The Niners have gone with a very heavy uh, running back favorite offense. Basically, they utilize the running back in running formations, running the ball, um, receiving as well. Now they also got bit by the injury bug quite a bit as well. Now the Niners are really deep at the running back position. Initially their running backs, the starting running backs was going to be Jared McKinnon, Tevin Coleman with the backups being uh, Matt Breida and then Raheem Mostert and then on the very off chance you'd also see Jeff Wilson occasionally in there. Now, the Niners utilised every single one of these backs this year, except for Jarek McKinnon, who did not really quite make the field because he struggled with his injury. And he's probably going to get released uh, after this year as well. Uh, Anyway, so with the Niners, the Niners have utilised their running game to their strength. And in the last uh, two playoff games alone, they've been rushing for over 180 yards. So, and the player, and in the the team that had the unfortunate uh, fate of going up against the Niners in the NFC Championship game, um, Mostert ran for 229 yards, four touchdowns, and broke the team record for rushing offense in a playoff game, which is pretty good. Now, a little bit of a backstory on Raheem Mostert. He was an undrafted free agent. He got bumped. He got bumped around to five different teams prior to landing with the Niners, and then all of a sudden this year, through uh, and through injuries, he was able to get his opportunity, and he has exploded. Now he's a very fast back. Um, I, I think he, out of nine out of his last twenty-seven runs, he's gotten up to fifteen miles per hour on the ground. So he's an exceptionally quick running back, darting through holes in the ground. Uh, His yards per carry are 5.6 yards per carry during the season, finishing with 772 yards rushing with eight touchdowns. The 49ers are also second in the league with rush offense. And so you can see that that is what's brought them to the dance, okay? On offense, the 49ers run the ball, okay? And their coach, uh, Kyle Shanahan, is exceptionally good at utilizing the running back position. Probably no one better in the league at the moment that utilizes the running back position better than Kyle Shanahan. Also, just a bit of a fun fact on Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan is the son of Mike Shanahan, and uh, Mike Shanahan used to coach the Denver Broncos, and he won Super Bowls with the Denver Broncos. Now, this is the going to be the first, if the 49ers win, this will be the first father-son duo to go to a Super Bowl and win in the NFL history. So a bit of a fun fact there. Okay, let's move on to the quarterback position, guys. So Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. Coming back this year after missing the majority of last year with an ACL tear everyone was a little bit skeptical on whether he could actually do it. But when he did take over and when he was on the field prior to his injury, they were actually really good. He was actually very stout at the quarterback position, showed that he could handle it. And uh, I think they ended their season, as woeful as it was, they ended their season 5-0. and Now, Jimmy Garoppolo was originally traded from the New England Patriots over to the San Francisco 49ers because he was originally Tom Brady's backup. So he comes from an exceptionally good school of quarterbacking. Now, Jimmy G, over the playoff period, he only threw the ball 27 times in the playoffs because, going back to the running back stats, he didn't need to throw the ball. Uh, But, in saying that, because he has thrown the ball so little this year, he has opened himself up to criticism that he's not a very good quarterback, you know, he's not, he's just more of a game manager, or he's just kind of like filling the spot for now, he's not really tested, but... Seven times this year, Jimmy Garoppolo has thrown the ball for over 250 yards. And every single time Jimmy G has thrown the ball for over 250 yards, the Niners have been undefeated. So they are 7-0 when Jimmy Garoppolo throws for over 250 yards. Uh, One of those games in particular was against the New Orleans Saints, and that was a very hard game. Okay, so moving on to um, a couple of other additions here on offense. Um, something to be considerate of with Jimmy G is Jimmy G is not very good under pressure. So when he's protected, when he's got time to throw, when his receivers are open, when he's got clear lanes, when he's gone through his progressions and everything's all good, he's exceptionally good. On he's exceptionally good, and he's the fifth quickest in the league at releasing the ball um, from snap to release of the throw. But when Jimmy G is under pressure, he's actually got a terrible quarterback rating. His quarterback rating dips down to sixty-eight point seven, which is not good at all. Uh, he's also had uh, one of the highest fumble and uh, one of the highest fumble rates in the league. I think over the course of the season, he only threw twenty-seven touchdowns, but he also threw thirteen interceptions. Uh, so when Jimmy G is under pressure and he's hurried, does not work out for him. Uh, now, let's move on to some of the other weapons on the 49ers' offense. Uh, next up, we've got George Kittle. Okay, now I believe, personally, George Kittle is going to be the secret weapon for the San Francisco 49ers in this game. The reason why is, over the season, George Kittle has kind of re-emerged himself as, if he's not the number one tight end in the league, he's tied for it. Because And this is what is so interesting about this game, because both the Niners and the Chiefs have... The best tight ends in the league, without question. With now with Rob with Rob Gronkowski now out of the league and he's retired now, that spot of the number of the best tight end in the league it really has you know gone up for debate. George Kittle has burst onto the scene and after a really dominant uh, few games last year and then this year just absolutely destroying people. He's an exceptional run blocker, but he's an even better pass catcher. But what he does after the catches. Even better because he's exceptionally hard to tackle. So George Kittle, this year over a thousand yards receiving, five touchdowns on 87 on 85 receptions, pretty good for a tight end. And he's he, like I said before, he's a really good run blocker, which which makes it even easier for those running backs in the backfield of the Niners to get those lanes open and make those big runs. Um, next up with the Niners is their wide receiver core. Now, Niners didn't really have anybody to throw to last year, which made it harder on their backup quarterbacks to even, you know, make anything work. They originally had um, Marquise Goodwin, who used to be an Olympic-level sprinter. He, once upon a time, he was supposed to be the fastest player in the league. He ended up getting injured, couldn't stay on the field. Then he just became, he just became terrible at the position. They then found someone... Um, uh, his name is escaping me, but that just goes to show how memorable he was. Anyway, over the course of the season, um, since last year's draft, the Niners actually drafted a player called Debo Samuel. And then through the um, through the trade deadline this year, they also acquired Manny Sanders from the Broncos. And those two have made a massive difference in um, San Francisco's offense. So with these two, especially Debo Samuel, um, the yards after the catch is what is the most important thing. So Jimmy G, his uh, rating for passing yards after the catch is in the triple digits simply because of these two players right here. And it was even more apparent that they were going to be a threat when they got uh, Manny Sanders because it then took the pressure off Debo to be able to get open in those lanes. And he's really good at finding that pressure under uh, through the zone defense and cutting under the slant route. Uh, okay, moving on to the offensive line for San Francisco. Now, this is an important thing, guys, because, like I said before, Jimmy G is really poor under pressure. Their offensive line is ranked 14th in the league this year, okay? So it's 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 about middle of the pack, so a lot of the... Um, a lot of the issues with Jimmy G being under pressure is probably more so on him. He's not a he's not a, a very mobile quarterback. He can run the ball. He has done it in the past, but he's not as, he's not exceptionally good at it. Um, so he's definitely more of a pocket passer. So the O line for uh, San Francisco ranked 14th. Um, now let's get into the defensive side of the ball for San Francisco. Now, this is another big highlight. Just like their running game, their defense is probably, if not their best asset, it's the, it's actually probably their best asset. Their defense and their run game are the two big things that brought the 49ers to the Super Bowl, okay? Their record shows it, okay? They've played – they've been tested by every great team in the NFC throughout the course of the season, putting on absolute smoke shows before um, the Saints, the Cardinals – where um, funny enough, the Cardinals actually put up the most points per uh, most points of their season against the Niners, and the Niners actually, you know, they put stuffed them. Um, the Seattle Seahawks, and um, then the high-profile teams in the playoffs come the Minnesota Vikings and the Green Bay Packers. They absolutely shut them down. They could not do anything. So, 49ers pass defense. They were ranked first overall in the league only allowing 169.2 yards per game, which is pretty huge considering most quarterbacks will throw, you know, the the benchmark is two, 220 yards a game. That's, you know, for just passing. Uh, next up, the Niners' defense is actually the best against tight ends in the league. Uh, they're very, very good at minimizing the amount of... Um, Effect that a tight end can have. Now, considering that Kansas City, uh, their one of their receiving options, their second best receiving option is their tight end. This is going to be an interesting matchup because the Niners do not play around with a tight end. They usually eliminate that threat, and they they cannot find anything to go against them on that level. Now, with um, the running backs, this is a bit of a this is interesting because the Niners have been second in the league against running backs this year. Kansas City Chiefs do not have a run game. They haven't had a run game since the beginning of the year, so I don't really see it as a threat to the Niners that they're magically going to gain. They're magically going to gain one. Now, here's the interesting thing because the main threat of the Kansas City Chiefs is going to be their wide receiver position, but the Niners are actually ranked fourth against wide receivers this year. Um, here's a bit of a uh, getting digging a bit deeper into their defensive line. Their rookie Joe, uh, Nick Bosa. Uh, nine sacks this year uh the 49ers defense tied for the most sacks and second in pressure this year in the league uh they've got the sixth most takeaways in the league this year and they are the third uh they're ranked third on third down defense this year which is very interesting because with the chiefs third down is where they excel because They've got a bit of a double. They've got a bit of a double-edged sword there, where their receivers are exceptionally good. So while they think they're going to throw the ball on on the third down, Patrick Mahomes is actually kind of breaking breaking out of a little bit more of an arsenal with being able to run the ball. So and he's just casually cruising over that first down marker as soon as that um, when they're on the third down. So in saying that, guys, that's the backstory for the 49ers. Let's move on to the Kansas City Chiefs and with the chiefs the chiefs have the chiefs main weapons on the the number one weapon is patrick mahomes without patrick mahomes the chiefs are not anywhere just flat out um they did patrick mahomes did miss a couple of games this year because he got injured uh he ended up having to have a uh, he had a, a knee injury uh he also he was dealing with an ankle issue very early in the year as well so he had to miss some time that hurt my fantasy season that's another story um, but patrick mahomes is the reason why the chiefs are in the super bowl the second greatest uh, weapon is tyreek hill now he's probably by far he's probably the fastest player uh, the fastest wide receiver in the league that is effective like there's a lot of guys that are fast tyreek hill is fast at catching the ball he's just out of this world um, so he is definitely their deep threat. He is also uh, their probably their number one target as well, and he's got a very good chemistry and synchronicity with Patrick Mahomes. If when the play breaks down, those two can kind of um, ad lib on the fly, and they'll get the job done, and it's usually ending up in a touchdown. Um, the third biggest option is the tight end Travis Kelsey. Now, like I said before, Rob Gronkowski ended up retiring end of last year. So that left the, you know, who's the best tight end in the league debate open. Uh, I believe it is definitely a tie between, at the moment, between George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. A bit on Travis Kelsey's stats. Um, So while George Kittle had a really good year in his own right, Kelsey kind of edged him out a little bit. Kelsey had um, 1,229 yards receiving, and and they tied for five touchdowns. So Kelsey ended up getting the more yards. Um, and I'm gonna say I'm going to put that down to simply quarterback play um, while both tight ends are exceptionally good uh, Kittle's a little bit more of a bruiser um, but uh, Kelsey has the advantage of playing with the far better quarterback um, with Mahomes guys in the last two games Mahomes has thrown so the last two playoff games Mahomes has thrown four uh, eight touchdowns which is pretty incredible considering it's the um, the teams that he's faced, um, the Ravens, sorry, the Titans and the um, and the Texans. Uh, both games they were coming; they were fighting from underneath. Him. So he's actually done a very good job on that. Um, with uh, Tyree Kill, Tyree Kill has eight hundred and sixty receiving yards on the year. Uh, their fourth option, which is Sammy Watkins, is sitting at seven, uh, 673 yards receiving on the year with three touchdowns. So Sammy Watkins is also one of those underrated uh, threats. So when everything else is covered, Sammy Watkins is usually the go-to, but they've also got some rookies with... Um, uh, with McCall Hardman who is definitely the boom or bust player of, of every game if he's catching passes it's usually a long bomb touchdown and he usually do and he's he's keen to do it multiple times a game and he has done it multiple times a game so that's the Chiefs offense guys let's move on to um, the Chiefs defense now this is really interesting so the Chiefs are ranked 26th against the run and for the majority of the year, the Chiefs defense was a kind of lackluster. They actually started they they started off the year pretty average and it was a big concern going into the year and into this season that the Chiefs defense was not going to do very well at all. Um they actually started peaking right at the perfect time in the season because they ended up picking up Terrell Suggs. They signed Tyron Matthew in the offseason, which helped kind of like bolster up that safety position, which is good. Um, so whilst they're ranked 26 against the run, the rest of the defense has actually stepped up and done a really good job and the 49ers are actually second in the league in running. So that's going to be very interesting to see how that matchup plays out. But in saying that the last two playoff games, the chiefs have only allowed 89 rush yards. And one of those games was against the rushing champion of the league, um, Derek Henry And they did a very, very good job of keeping him contained. So can they step up and keep the Niners running backs contained? We'll see. But here's where it kind of goes awry. So where the Niners running backs are also um, very good as well is they can catch the ball out of the backfield and make a little bit of extra. Now, this is where the Chiefs get gashed a lot. So... When the Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs are actually last in the league against receiving running backs, and here's their, other, here's their other weakness in their defense. They're 26th in the league ranked at firsting tight ends. So you've got arguably the best tight end in the league and the best running game in the league, and you're, that's your biggest kryptonite, especially on the passing side of things. If you allow them to catch the ball out of the backfield or if you're going to allow the tight end to run a couple of, you know, a couple of post routes, boom, gone. So that's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. Um, but here's where it kind of turns around for Kansas City on defense. So Kansas City have allowed the fewest passing yards to the wide receiver position in the league. They're tied for the fifth most interceptions in the league this year. They are ranked fifth on pass defense overall. And their cornerback, uh, Chave, uh, Chave, Chavarius Ward, is a massive threat for them um, carrying the, having the most interceptions on the team. Um, going down to their defensive line, Frank Clark, who's been the big bruiser on their defensive side, he's got six sacks in the last four games, which is pretty threatening. Uh, also, Frank Clark's also been talking a lot of crap on social media saying that you know, he's never... The Niners have never faced a player but like him, but he's also played the Niners eight times in his career, and I'm pretty sure that he's, you know... He really hasn't had a stellar career until now, but he's been good. He's been a good player, but he hasn't been, you know, exceptional up until this season, really. Um, okay, so... Let's have a look at what else is going on here with the Chiefs' defense. Um, yeah, look, outside of their cornerbacks, which... Here's, here's the tricky part. So with the um, with the Kansas City defense, Frank Clark's got the got six sacks in the last four games. So he's doing really good there. And the Niners, uh, you know, offensive line is only middle of the road. But Jimmy G, all they need to do is just pressure Jimmy G enough to make him make a mistake. And uh, their cornerbacks will do the rest because they're also they're picking they're carrying the load um, for the K- the Kansas City defense at the moment. It's really just the cornerbacks because um, they're the they're the dif- they're the difference makers. That's where they're going to get their turnovers because uh, unless their you know offensive line has a bit of a breakdown on the San Francisco side, Frank Clark can maybe slip through and Jimmy G is prone to fumbling the ball when he gets sacked so. That could be a bit of a bit of an opportunity there for Kansas City. Um, going back to Kansas City's offense, their running back situation has been hit and miss all year. Their starting running back, Damian Williams, he is not a great runner, but he's good at receiving. Um, but at the same time, uh, I feel like San Francisco's defense kind of negates this, and Damian Williams as a receiver he's good but i feel like the chiefs uh it's it's yeah it, i i i i still don't be, i still don't feel that damian williams is going to be that big of a difference maker for the um for the kansas city chiefs this game i just don't see it i could be wrong i could be very pleasantly surprised but i don't see kansas city using damian williams as their super bowl hero this year um, going with KSC's offensive line, now here's the here's the funny part, so, um, Kansas City, their offensive line is ranked 17th overall this year, San Francisco's defensive line has absolutely owned games, wrecked shop, and pressured and bullied quarterbacks and offensive lines this year, but... Uh, with even with uh the O line, the offensive line being rated at seventeenth overall this year, they've also allowed the third fewest sacks in the league. Now, I think this has more to do with actually Patrick Mahomes being able to move and scramble in the pocket and keep the play alive because that's he started doing that more and more as the season's gone on and really started to show that that's part of his repertoire. Um so I think that's more on Patrick Mahomes' ability as a great playmaker as opposed to the Kansas City offensive line keeping him out of trouble. Um going back to Mahomes as a runner though, in the in the last he's had four games this year where he's had fifty plus rushing yards a game. Most of that rushing has come on third down. So if the Chiefs are on third down And they're going to throw a play up, and everyone's going to be covering their receivers. Patrick Mahomes is more more often than not going to run through that, uh, run through those open spots, and because there's going to be a lot of them because everybody's downfield, and he's going to get that first down. So that's something that the 49ers need to be careful of. Um, The Chiefs, Kansas City, have allowed the third fewest turnovers in the league. Whilst their defense is tied for 10th in takeaways. So their defense is not quite up to snuff with the San Francisco's defense. Um, but their offense has allowed much has allowed far fewer turnovers than what San Francisco's offense has allowed this year. So that's gonna be interesting. So that's the story of the Kansas City Chiefs and how they've gotten to the Super Bowl this year. Um, now, guys, these are you yeah, know these are you know analytics and stats and all that sort of stuff that I've you know taken from Pro Football Focus and other out in other you know other websites and stuff. But and I'm not a I'm not an analyst. I'm a fan. So this is fan. i um, call me a fanalist or if that's a word sounds terrible. Um, but this is my going to be my prediction on the game. So I see this is going to be a really good battle between the tight ends because I know that. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is gonna to want to exploit. And this is where the battle of the coaching comes in. Um so quick backstory on the coaches. So Kyle Shanahan, he's been at numerous teams as you know, an offensive coordinator, play, um scheming and all that sort of thing. He really started he really started coming on the scene when he was in uh Washington Redskins and he worked with RG3 when RG3 had his big breakout year then when he went to Atlanta and Atlanta had that really epic season and went to the Super Bowl and blew that you know that infamous lead um and then you know lost ended up losing the Super Bowl to the Patriots which I will still firmly say is probably the greatest Super Bowl in uh that I've ever seen um he's you know he's been under a bit of fire and then after after that after that Super Bowl, he became the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. The first two years was, you know, a little bit underwhelming. This year, he's really started to shine because they've actually really built the roster very effectively. So, uh, one thing, actually, some side note as well, with Kyle Shanahan's playmaking, the 49ers use motion before the snap more than any other team in the league, which basically, they use it as a feint. So, if you've got players, you've got receivers lined up on the line of scrimmage. They one of them may drop back, run across the other side of the field, line up on the other side of the field, or drop back into pass protection. And the 49ers do, and it just adds a little bit of confusion to the defense, so they can't really see what's coming. This also disguises the offensive play. It allows audibles to be placed. Um, it just adds a level of confusion to the defense, so it makes the offensive a little bit more strategic and, and uh, adds to the success rate. Uh, the 49ers do this more than any other team in the National Football League, and I think that that's a lot of that's a big part of their success as well. On the flip side of that, Andy Reid. Andy Reid's been uh, he's mainly been the uh, he's a, he's been the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles back in the day. He took them to the Super Bowl against the Patriots back when they had Donovan and McNabb and Terrell Owens and all that sort of stuff. They lost. Okay, that was one of the that was one of the Super Bowls that the Patriots won. Um, he then was shortly ousted after that, and he got hired by the Kansas City Chiefs. And he's a tremendous coach, brilliant offensive mind. Um, but he just hasn't gotten. Last year they just missed out on the big dance. They lost to the Patriots in the AFC title game. You know, it's very hard to outcoach Belichick. Um, but hey, uh, Mike Vrabel did it, so good for him. Um, but uh, Andy Reid has always been revered as as a tremendous uh, head coach in the league for such a long time, and everyone believes that he is an underrated coach. He deserves a Super Bowl more than any other coach in the league, Uh, and his players are playing this game to win the Super Bowl for their coach, Andy Reid. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the battle of coaching plays out in this. But I think that Kyle Shanahan is going to want to use the weakness of the tight end defense. And George Kittle is going to be the secret weapon. They're probably going to load up and use the run a lot to set things up. So there's going to be a lot of running plays. But I would not be surprised if George Kittle goes over 100 yards for a couple of touchdowns in this game. Um, On the flip side, um, I also see uh, uh, with the wide receivers, Debo Samuel, um, with Manuel Sanders, uh, either Debo Samuel is going to take a lot of the uh, cover from Traverius Ward um, in this game, which is maybe going to allow Emmanuel Sanders to be able to get open and cut underneath, or it could be reversed and they're going to put Traverius Ward onto Emmanuel Sanders and allow Debo to kind of roam three, free. Um, and so that that will be interesting to see how that plays out. But I think from the 49ers offense point of view, I think they're going to set the thing up. They're going to set the game up with the run, and then they're going to use George Kittle as their dagger right of the red zone. Um, and that boy's hard to tackle, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, with Kansas City, Kansas City, they'll probably try and throw the run game in there just to try and establish a bit of um, you know take the pressure off Mahomes and the receivers to you know kind of carry the load. But I think if the Kansas City is going to live and die by Mahomes, Mahomes is the heartbeat of that team. And it's going to probably be up between uh, – he's going to be slinging a touchdown to pretty – you know every player on the field. So whether it is – like Tyreek Hill is probably going to catch one. Travis Kelsey is definitely going to get one. Uh, and I would expect a, a massive catch – or a big, big touchdown from either Demarcus Robinson or McCall Hardman. I don't see much running game happening from the um, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I think that the running game is probably going to be just there to set things up and just to kind of you know be a bit of a filler, maybe use the, you know set up a couple of play-action plays. Uh, but Kansas City's run offense is not great. I do think Mahomes is definitely going to run the ball, uh, just to try and keep them surprised. But I feel like San Francisco is going to be ready for that. And if he tries to venture outside the pocket with Kansas, City, Kansas City's offensive line, they've allowed the third fewest sacks in the league, not against this defense. And their defense is very good at pressure. Their defense is very good at pursuit. Um, so I think the San Francisco 49ers are definitely going to get a sack. They're definitely going to get a couple of sacks on Mahomes. Um Just being a Bosa fan, I hope Nick Bosa gets at least two sacks on Patrick Mahomes, um, because that boy is just wild. Okay, so uh, moving on to my game prediction, so the winner of this game, I'll even give the score as well. So I cannot, for for the life of me, get behind the Kansas City Chiefs, I am a... Los Angeles Chargers fan through and through, and with the Chiefs being a division rival, I cannot allow. I cannot support them. Just I can't do it. As much as I like Patrick Mahomes, I cannot support the Chiefs. Uh, and quite frankly, based on the statistics throughout the se- throughout the season and watching each team play this year, I don't think that the Chiefs are going to beat the San Francisco 49ers. even though they are the one point favorites in favorites in this game. So if you're going to place a bet and you're looking for who's the favorite for the Super Bowl the Chiefs are the favorites to win uh, but I do not think that the Chiefs are going to win I'm going with the 49ers I think their defense is um, their defense is too much their defense will probably win them this game and uh, George Kittle is going to be the secret weapon for the 49ers but um, but their running game is also too fantastic not to be ignored either uh, I believe the score is probably going to be 35-27, San Francisco. Uh, now, I'm going to give you a MV, Super Bowl MVP pick for either team. So, if the Super, if the 49ers win the Super Bowl, I think the MVP award could go to either George Kittle or it'll go to someone on defense, uh, potentially someone on the defensive line. So that could be Armstead, that could be Bosa. uh, It could be could be the linebacker Armstead. uh, Sorry, you know he is on the defensive line. So yeah, it could be Armstead. Um, If the Kansas City Chiefs win, the MVP award goes to goes to Patrick Mahomes. No one else on that team gets that MVP award. Not unless they're like catching Stu. Like unless Tyreek Hill catches four touchdowns and he goes for you know two hundred and fifty yards receiving, he might get it. But Patrick Mahomes is the one that's got to ultimately throw him that ball. So his stats pad Patrick Mahomes' stats and vice versa. So I think if the Kansas City Chiefs win, Patrick Mahomes wins MVP, and rightfully so. So I predict that the San Francisco 49ers will win the Super Bowl. They will win Super Bowl 54. They will tie the um, first most um, Super Bowl wins for a franchise with six rings. And they will take that Lombardi trophy back to Santa Clara and that will sit there for the next 12 months. And the Chiefs are going to have to go back to the drawing board and probably figure out what they're going to do to, you know, win that big one. So let's it's going to be a fun, it's going to be a really awesome game. Uh, there's going to be a ton of Super Bowl parties going on, guys. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this preview podcast. I am going to do a uh, a recap of the Super Bowl as well after the game. I might even have a couple of special guests on as well um, that are really knowledgeable about the NFL, some guys that I play fantasy football with. So if you guys are keen to hear that, stay tuned because that will pop out next week. So, guys, go enjoy the Super Bowl. Enjoy the Super Bowl parties. Enjoy the game. Pick a team, okay, stick with it, put a bet on, whatever you want, just enjoy the atmosphere, have fun, and I will catch you guys next time.